Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. here middle of the week bet the edge edition here on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel awesome show today we're going to get into a ton of different sports because Joe Prince Wright is here and now he's seen so many different Premier League teams play in person this season so he's going to come on and let us know exactly what he's targeting this weekend in the Premier League between Chelsea and Leeds Liverpool and Aston Villa and so many other matches also, it's that time of the week where we're joined by points bet head trader Jay Croucher. He's going to let us know exactly what action they're taking so far in the college football playoffs. He's also going to explain some of the prices they're setting in NFL future markets. Plus, you definitely want to stick around till the end of the show if you want an NBA winner, because that's where my guy Drew Dinsick is going <laughs> with his edge of the day. Cheers with my Christmas mug, if you can see to your winner last night for the New York Knicks. Now, tomorrow, I did hear our producer said, Drew, that we're going to handicap Christmas mugs. And that'll be fun. We'll get to power rate. What is the best Christmas mug? Mine probably sits at number one. You handicapped the People's Choice Awards last night. Nat came home as well. So kudos to you and Squid Game. Squid Game. Yeah, no, the People's Choice Awards was fun. I played along the predictor app. Uh, oh, my wife played along the predictor app and uh, we were crushing all through the entertainment categories. But then uh, we got to the music and it went just totally off the rails. So uh, still fun to play along and still fun to win, try to win free money on the predictor app. If you're not already checking that out, give it a whirl. We're going to get into the NBA in all seriousness in just one second. But the music category, what kind of music do you listen to? Now I'm curious. <laughs> And I feel like our I'm, listeners are curious. If you don't, if you couldn't tell, I'm a very chill wave vibe kind of guy. No, I could of, never. Oh tell. yes. Oh yeah. Ab <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. If if it's not uh, reggae surf rock, it's chill wave. It, it's uh, I'm very. Uh, what about Rufus very... Dussel? They were in LA recently. Oh, absolutely love Rufus Dussel. Yeah, I, I'll put the YouTube of them playing in Joshua Tree on and at, yeah. for a party for a party vibe. Absolutely. Yeah. So sure. Drew and I like the same music. I would add a little more rap <laughs> into mine, but Rufus Dussel is number one on my power ratings for music. Right. So now I know that. Okay. NBA time. I talked about you not only killing the People's Choice Awards and the New York Knicks last night. Fantastic win by you. So now before we get to your edge of the day, there's a really fun slate in the association tonight. And we'll get, of course, to your best bet on the board. But I do want to pick your brain here on the Milwaukee Bucks playing the Miami Heat in Miami. Bucks are laying six and a half points. Uh, in your opinion, what is so intriguing about this matchup and ultimately how these two teams physicality wise play against each other? Well, it's a fun one because realistically, I'm not sure what the Bucks have shown us so far this season to warrant this much of respect on the road 
and granted, they took care of the Heat pretty comfortably in the playoffs last year. Yeah, you know, I'm not really sure I'm taking much of that into this matchup personally. The Heat still do have some pretty outstanding perimeter shooting. The Bucks still do give up, uh, you know, with the way they play defense, selling out to protect the rim is still an issue in terms of giving up open looks from three. So uh, Miami has a puncher's chance in this one. I haven't played this one yet, but I definitely don't understand the price. I know Jimmy Butler is out and uh, Marquise Morris is out for the Heat uh, and Milwaukee's at relative full strength. But Dante DiVincenzo is not taking the floor here brooke lopez is not taking the floor here it's really just that core three that the milwaukee relies on uh and really milwaukee has been playing chicken with a lot of their opponents so far this season where they'll just kind of let them take a lead and they'll hang around and then they try to get a little late surge to get a win so the idea that they would be six and a half point favorites is a little bit uh, tough here neither team has a rest advantage and if you were curious uh rest advantages today houston has an advantage over Brooklyn, interesting enough, with uh, James Harden coming back to town. He's got to play tired. Uh, and uh, Sacramento has an advantage over Orlando, although both teams are relatively fresh. Uh, and then my uh, my re- my third rest advantage for the day is going to be the edge of the day. So we'll keep that one a secret for now. Okay, we'll keep that one until the end of the show. Love the rest advantage and, of course, the fatigue factor angles you continuously take day in and day out on this show. Now, a team that stands out, obviously, kind of not playing fresh, the Celtics playing the Clippers. Clippers laying four. The total, Drew, is sitting at 213 for tonight. Celtics now playing a back-to-back. They lost to the Lakers last night. Of course, tired legs now taking on um, a Clippers team that's impressed me a little bit more as of late. If you were to pick a side in this one with the four hanging right now, who do you like? I would reluctantly go to war with the Celtics in this one, uh, and only because they lost so convincingly last night that their key guys didn't really uh, take many meaningful minutes. And in general, is it smart to back a team that spent the night in L.A. when they're on a road trip? No. In general, is it smart to go to war with a team like the Celtics who really kind of absolutely fizzled, you know, who are tired and fizzled in that game last night? Not really. But they likely get uh, Jalen Brown back tonight, or at least, uh, you know, Celtics fans were hoping to get Jalen Brown back tonight. It seemed like like he was close to going last night and they ultimately pulled him to rest him for tonight. Uh, the only meaningful player expected to miss for the Clippers, obviously, besides Kawhi Leonard, is Nicholas Batum. Uh, he matters a, a bit, but uh, really the Clippers have not been especially impressive this season. Uh, obviously, they're 11 and 14 against the spread. They're not covering big spreads. So the fact that they're a four point favorite in what is a pretty even matchup on paper is surprising here. And I think in general, there's a little bit of a discount here on the Celtics because people are trying to factor in that back to back spot. And I'm not really sure it's warranted considering uh, the Celtics pulled their starters with lots of time left to play in last night's game. Right. It's so important to look at their main, obviously starting rotation and kind of see who played the majority of minutes when you're looking at a back to back. I know you really handicap that in with your fatigue factor, 55% of the handle coming in on the Clippers. The money has come in both on the Clippers. And of course the under was two twelve and a half. Now looking at two ten. Drew, I was going to say, well, they had, you know, a night in Los Angeles. It was a Tuesday, but I live here now. I know it doesn't matter what night. I'm sure they went out. <laughs> I will hope that they feel a little well-rested for tonight's game. <laughs> Download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet. Enter this week's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week, we're highlighting matchups between the Cavaliers and Bulls, Knicks and Pacers, and Nuggets and Pelicans. If you don't have the Predictor app yet, be sure to download it now. We'll go back to the NBA later in the show as Drew will give out his best bets available on the board. But we get to break down some EPL and and 
bring in Joe Prince Wright, who I'm so jealous, Joe, because you have been to so many amazing games and stadiums. You're living out my dream. I joke with you. I want to get into some plays for the weekend, of course. But just as you look at home field advantage, the Premier League now being back, obviously, this season and Champions League, obviously, kind of coinciding, of course, especially for Chelsea playing one today. But home field advantage, you know, rest advantages, all of that, as you've seen these teams play in person. What's been kind of the general takeaway you've had for a lot of these Premier League teams this season? Firstly, guys, you're always welcome to come and join me over here in England whenever you want. There's a seat in the press box uh, next to me. So come on over. Um, it's been great. The atmosphere has been bubbling. I was at West Ham Chelsea at the weekend and it was sensational. Uh, they, an upset win. I just think that the home fans are making such a big difference this season. The passion is back. The intensity of play has gone to a whole new level. And we're seeing some of the big teams really elevate themselves uh, in home games, especially. But away from home, like that West Ham Chelsea game I was at, some upsets are happening around the league. And I think the home fans and the intense atmospheres are really adding to the spectacle. So it's been so much fun. I feel like I've been here, there and everywhere over the last few weeks, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Busy time in the Premier League, midweek, weekend games. And then, as you said, all the European competitions going on, cup competitions. And then, of course, we have the small matter of the festive fixtures coming up very soon as well with Boxing Day. And yeah, there's a lot going on in the next month. And uh, I love it, as you said, being over here in the thick of the action, it's incredible. I mean, I even find myself typing faster when I'm writing stuff for the website, talking faster, I'm doing videos, <laughs> just feeding off the energy around me. So um, yeah, it's been really fun. And there's definitely some trends popping up early in the season. Well, oh, it's been so fun to see your coverage on NBC Sports, NBCSports.com. I know a game you're going to be at this weekend, just kind of staying on these teams you've seen in person, is now Chelsea playing Leeds. And Chelsea, as I kind of mentioned, they're playing in a Champions League game later today, coming up in just a bit. And that has to affect, obviously, how they're using a lot of their players and just how they've played in general. So I'm curious kind of how you'll be watching the game today and then, then handicapping their big game against Leeds this weekend. Yeah, not an easy week for Chelsea. Obviously, losing at West Ham United was at that game, and it was a lot of sloppy defensive mistakes. And you kind of feel like some of their key contributors now are getting a bit tired. They had big summers with international games. They finished last season really strongly and obviously won the Champions League. But Jorginho, Edouard Mendy, making some big mistakes. And those are guys you would never expect to see that from. And then you add in the fact that midweek, they have to fly to St. Petersburg in Russia and play against Zenit. Now, I know... Thomas Tuchel, the manager, is going to rotate the team around. So a lot of players will be fresh for this game against Leeds. But yeah, those shocking defensive errors is not something we've come to see from Chelsea. And that's been the main reason they've been so successful since January 2021 when Tuchel took over from Frank Lampard. So I really like the over 4.5 goals in this game. Uh, it's at plus 320, I believe, the last time I looked at that. So mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of goals in this game because Leeds United, they have one way of playing and that is all out. They just go for it in every game. They keep coming back, snatching two all draws. And now Patrick Bamford is back, which is huge for them. He's a former Chelsea Academy product. He loves to kind of show them what they're missing because they let him go. And he's been scoring goals for fun for Leeds. And I really like there to be a lot of goals in this game this weekend. And as I said, Chelsea just don't really look like themselves at the moment. They're giving up sloppy mistakes. They are still scoring goals. And Leeds, they're back to their old selves as well. They look really good going forward. So... I'm not just saying that because I'm going to be at Stanford Bridge this weekend, but I hope it's a five-goal thriller, six-goal thriller, whatever, and there's goals galore for me to report on. 
No, that's a ton. That's a really fun look. And uh, I love when you come on, you tend to try to dig in and find uh, some of the uh, the bigger prices for us, uh, which is always a lot of fun, fun way to handicap who wants to play the coin flippy stuff when you can find, uh, you know, the, the big advantages on the board. And uh, funny enough, uh, I think the total might be a little depressed in that game because we don't have a ton of uh, head to heads between Leeds and Chelsea over the years. And the last time they played, they kind of felt each other out. They pl- played to a zero zero draw. But this is a very different situation. Uh, and I completely agree with that look. So that'll be fun over. Another interesting matchup that I'm curious to pick your brain on. Again, not a ton of head-to-head to go on, but Manchester United is playing Norwich. And Norwich has been a funny team this year because across all of their Premier League results, they have competed well against the middle and the bottom of the table. And when they've gone up against the top of the table, they have gotten utterly embarrassed. They lose to Tottenham 3-0 last time out. They lost to Chelsea 7-0 at one point this fall. Do we expect more of the same as they take on Manchester United? Or is Manchester United not really qualify in terms of like sort of the elite and the Premier League in your opinion? I think we're going to have a lot of comments if I say that they're not there financially. (laughs) Um, They're scrapping away for the top four. Obviously, both teams have changed managers recently, Drew. So that's the big reason why I'm big on the Canaries in this one, because Dean Smith's come in and done a very good job. I mean, you look at their recent record, they've only lost one of their last five games. They're at the bottom of the table, yes, but they're within touching distance now with the teams above them. And they play pretty well in the first half of games. They've been hanging in there. They were a little bit unlucky against Tottenham, and even the Spurs manager said it wasn't a 3-0 game. And I really like the fact that they're playing uh, United after Man United are playing in the Champions League in midweek as well. As I said, we've spoken about this in the past. It's so big for these big teams in the Premier League that are playing Champions League or Europa League that they have to rotate their team. And, and some of the smaller teams can really catch them cold if they're playing them a few days after travel or, or big games. And in Man United's case, a new manager, Ralph Ranić, coming on interim charge uh, for the rest of the season. There's a lot of new ideas flying around, trying a lot of new players. And they were very good against Crystal Palace last time out. But they only won 1-0. It was tight. Didn't take a lot of their chances. So I think it's going to be the same here. They're much better organized now, Manchester United. They're not the swashbuckling Cavalier side, give the ball to Ronaldo and get everyone flying forward. They're much more just stricter. And I think that will lead to a tighter game here against Norwich, who have done something very similar. Dean Smith is a very well-organized coach too. So I can see it being really tight. I like the draw at halftime and Man United to win it full-time. That's the plus 350. So you guys know I like a halftime full-time result. And that's the one I'm going for, because I just think United are getting it done. It's not pretty to watch. It's not entertaining, but they're getting results and they're just hanging in there in the top four race. It's very entertaining when they have a tied halftime and end up winning the game at plus 350. Joe, I love that look. (laughs) That's up right now in some good plus money. You kind of talked about new managers coming in, and that's where I'm going with this next game. Aston Villa playing Liverpool. Obviously, Steven Gerrard has taken over, and this is a fascinating game because the coaching angle, because what he means to Liverpool and all the time he spent there, he's a legend there. And Aston Villa has now been playing a lot better since he's taken over the club. Obviously, Liverpool, top of the Premier League every single season. remains the same this year how are you handicapping this uh this game well it's really interesting sarah and by the way steven gerrard what a great job he's done at aston villa yeah. three wins in his first four in charge when he arrived from glasgow rangers and just his second job as a manager they were struggling and battling for relegation and now they're 10th place in the table everyone's talking about villa fighting for europe so an incredible job an incredible character and you mentioned it there it'll be emotional for him going back to anfield he was liverpool captain for so many years led them to champions league glory is an absolute legend, will always be a legend. 
And if there's any future markets out there, definitely have him down to be Jurgen Klopp's replacement. Uh, the next Liverpool manager is definitely going to be Steven Gerrard. In a couple of years, two, three years from now, he's going to do a great job at Aston Villa and then take over from Jurgen Klopp one day. I'm absolutely certain of that. But the way I like this game is, as you can see, the, the odds for Aston Villa plus 1,000. There's a lot of value there, but it suggests that it's going to be very tough for them. I like the fact that in all of their games under Steven Gerrard, they've got better as the game's gone on. There's a lot of late goals, a lot of second half comebacks. They beat Leicester City that way. Obviously scored in, against Crystal Palace. They were much better against Manchester City in the second half after being blown away in the first half. And I kind of think that's what's going to happen here at Anfield. I think Liverpool, as we all know, are just incredible. And they just blow teams apart early on in games. Time and time again, doesn't matter if you're Villa, Man United, whoever, they just do it to teams. So... I could see Liverpool going up early in this game and then Aston Villa. I like them to win the second half and that is at plus 700. Again, big number there for you guys to sink your teeth into, but it is, um, it's doable because I really do see a pattern with Aston Villa that maybe they're still figuring it out early in the game what Gerard wants, but second half, it's clicking in. I don't know if it's fitness or working on that kind of stuff, but it does seem to be when the game's going on longer, they are getting more dangerous and they're scoring more goals. Good luck again. Another huge price. Good finds here. This is a lot of fun. Let's find one more huge price. And I want to go to the bottom of the table here. Newcastle has not impressed this season. No one will say that. But don't let these guys get hot. They're winners last time out against Burnley 1-0. Uh, and they're taking on potentially an overrated Foxes team. Uh, what's the case here to back the, uh, the Newcastle Magpies? Well, yeah, the Magpies are getting red hot now. Uh, new manager, Eddie Howe, has come in. Uh, sorry, I just think about Magpie Pie for some reason there. I don't think that's actually a thing, but um, it probably is somewhere in England. I'm definitely sure. That. But yeah, Eddie Howe's come in, got the first win of the season. There's a real optimism around them. Got the attacking players playing really well, Drew, which is why I'm backing them here, because Leicester City have been terrible defensively this season. They're sitting... In the bottom half of the table, they've been fighting for the top four the last few seasons. But I was at a couple of their games recently and away at Southampton, a team that Leicester should be beaten. And they should have conceded five or six goals in that game. And you're looking at the, the goals against Colin. They're right up there with the worst defensive teams in the Premier League. So I'm really leaning on Newcastle, the likes of Callum Wilson, St. Maximin, Almiron. I think they have a bit of a field day here against Leicester. Historically, they've done quite well away at Leicester City as well. So... Kind of big into that, looking back at the head-to-head -head and how these squads have fared in recent seasons. And, and yeah, I think Newcastle now, Watford are in touch and distance. There's, you know, the three teams there at the bottom are all level on points in the relegation zone. And there's just a little bit of daylight for them. They looked a bit cut off a few weeks ago. But Newcastle, great fans up there in the northeast. Eddie Howe's a wonderful young manager. And I think this squad of players is really bought into his ideas. So go for Newcastle to win away at Leicester. Yeah, I'll see if they can get two wins in a row sitting at plus 400 points by taking a little bit of money right now. 22% of their handle actually coming in on Newcastle at that large price. Enjoy Stanford Bridge. We are so jealous. Love seeing your work on NBCSports.com. Joe, we will talk to you soon. Have a great weekend. You too, guys. Enjoy the action. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. 
Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We appreciate you listening to Bet the Edge. Wherever you're listening, rate the podcast, sign up. We're giving you actionable information in just about 30 minutes or less. The lines move quick, so make sure you're signed up so you can gain an edge with us. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter as well. I'm not going to have these huge price winners like Joe. And that was so that's so great because like literally, if you bro- if you listen to that breakdown, he only needs to hit one of those and he's going to have a successful weekend. So it's going to be a fun to follow the EPL. But uh, if you have some tips as well, if you like our EPL breakdowns and want to add a little bit of your own take to it, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what your winners are. I am available at whale underscore capper and you can find Sarah at Sarah Perlman. I wish I prepared our next guest to talk about the EPL because I'd know he'd have his fair share of opinions. That's Jay Croucher, head trader over at PointsBet. Jay, thanks for being with us. I'm sure you enjoyed the EPL talk, although we stayed away from your beloved team. We're going to go to college football here in this one. We'll talk about Cincinnati and Alabama because I've been curious all week to really get your thoughts now on the playoffs being set. Alabama's favored by 13 and a half points. It seems like once it's opened, it's pretty much stayed there. The total is at 58 I'm fascinated uh, about this game for many reasons. Not only is it a huge spread and Cincinnati's not going up against Nick Saban, but also since he kind of being the first non-Power 5 program to make it to the college playoffs is exciting. I'm actually looking forward to kind of seeing how they match up against a powerhouse like Alabama. When you guys are sitting in the room and discussing how to set this, these lines are um, ridiculously sharp. Are you expecting money from sharper people to come in on Cincinnati, or is it kind of going to be one-way action backing Nick Saban uh, against Cincinnati? It's going to be one-way action, yeah. After uh, some brief respite last week, where I think for the first time since I've been here, where we were cheering for Alabama um, to get a result, that's now completely out the door. There's over 90% of the handle of the line is on Alabama. I don't think anyone wants to mess with Bryce Young, who basically wrapped up the Heisman. And Cincinnati, it's a great story, but... Uh, I don't think the great story is going to trump Alabama. So that's where all the handle is um, coming on this one. We'd love Cincinnati to get a result, but uh, not counting on it. I would love to see it too. I just want a competitive game. These uh, these college football semifinals, I'm struggling to remember one that was really a competitive contest. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, And I, I definitely don't have super high hopes for Cincinnati, Alabama, but uh, Michigan-Georgia sure looks good on paper. We definitely saw some sign that Georgia may be not quite as good as build uh, in their last outing against Alabama. Defense obviously got pushed around the field and uh, beaten pretty badly down the field. Now, I'm not sure Michigan can take advantage of 
that uh, you know that uh, those gaffes in the same way. Um, but this is still uh, you know a relatively competitive contest, and you see Georgia coming in at the uh, you know at, at a minus eight. Would you expect that uh, if this wasn't on the heels of an SEC championship loss, this would be a bigger number, or is this a, a fair given uh, you know what we know now of Michigan kind of coming on strong towards the end of the season and Georgia maybe having a few cracks? Yeah, I think if Georgia had shown more in the SEC uh, title game, then the line would be a little bit bigger. This is an interesting one in terms of, you know, where money is, where there's a huge divide, where overall the public is heavily behind Michigan. I don't think they want anything to do with Georgia's quarterback situation, uh, obviously the recency bias with how bad Georgia looked against Alabama. Um, but at the same time, all the Sharps love Georgia and they're throwing that game out or at least minimizing its impact as an outlier. And they bet the lineup from minus seven, seven and a half to eight. But people now, they want to ride with the hot team. Uh, I think that it's very fresh in the memory, particularly how Michigan looked against Ohio State and then also against Iowa, uh, which is a pretty grim matchup. But yeah, Michigan are definitely the, the story. And when you can take a hot story underdog against a team with a very suspect quarterback situation, then that's a recipe for a lot of money lining up on the underdog. So the public definitely believes in an Alabama-Michigan matchup. And for more, far more excited for this game than the Cincinnati-Alabama game. We warned everyone, don't put money down on Iowa to win the Natty. At, what was it, 200 to 1? I hope everyone kept their money and now could back Georgia or Michigan, whoever you like in this game moving forward. Let's talk about the NFL a little bit, Jay. You obviously set these markets. You study these markets. You certainly know them quite well. And yesterday on the show, Drew and I spent some time breaking down the AFC and ultimately who we liked to come out of it, or at least their prices. And Drew made a, a heck of an argument for the Colts sitting at 20 to one, which I do like. Um, it's tough because I've, I've sort of bought into this Patriots team. They're now sitting at plus 325, which is a short price for a rookie quarterback. We know that. Um, from your opinion, if you had to place a bet on a team to come out of the AFC right now, having watched them, knowing their schedules ahead, who do you like? Yeah, I like uh, Drew's look on the Colts. I think that's the angle to take is to look at some of the longer shots because it is so wide open uh, and so uninspiring, really, at the top of the conference where Kansas City right now, they're the favorite for the AFC almost just by default. Uh, because they still have Patrick Mahomes and the hope of that offense finding itself while the defense has found itself. But look, I think the... The big thing in this conference, because it is so wide open, is who can get the one seed. And when you look at kind of longer shots that have a pathway to that, the Colts probably don't, but the Chargers kind of do. And the Chargers as well have been very uneven. Uh, but Drew spoke about before the, the fact that they have a very easy schedule to close. They beat Kansas City in Arrowhead. And if they can beat Kansas City in the return game in Los Angeles, then all of a sudden they're in the driver's seat for the division. And then they have a real shot at the one seed. And this is a one seed that there are scenarios where a team can get it with six losses, which is absurd. But it just goes to show you know, how wide open the conference is at the moment. Yeah, Chargers definitely a team that could benefit from the bye, but uh, you know they opponents tend to have a little bit of a road field advantage in that stadium. So yeah, this makes the AFC that much more wide open. Plus uh, a little bit of inexperience at quarterback all across the board across these competitors. So very fun handicap there. Curious your just your general thoughts uh, on this matchup for Thursday night football. It's a tough one. I don't know what the Vikings have shown us to warrant three and a half point favorite status particularly on defense uh, last couple of times out giving up 29 points and a fourth 
down touchdown uh, to uh, Detroit and Jared Goff was um, an embarrassment. Uh, now they got to turn around on a short week and try to do it against Pittsburgh, who also, you know, they don't have the most dominant offense, but they're at least they play hard. They're well coached. Uh, you know, I, I guess, is this a, a spot to look for the dog or pass? Or uh, do you think that uh, Minnesota may be uh, a buy low candidate after that uh, embarrassing loss? I think this line just reflects the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger and the fact that this is a real quarterback mismatch, despite all the protestations about Kirk Cousins, his failings at end of games and, and all of that, he is still a, a giant upgrade on Ben Roethlisberger. And the fact that, you know, you've still got Cousins, Justin Jefferson, who's out of his mind at the moment, at home. Uh, they're getting some bodies back on defense as well. Minnesota to counteract a little bit, losing Thielen and, and Dalvin Cook. Uh, and look, the Pittsburgh defense is is legitimate. TJ Watt, we have now, is the clear favorite for Defensive Player of the Year. Right now, it's surprising, but over 90% of our handlers on Pittsburgh at the line, where I think that... One, people trust in TJ Watt and that defense, perhaps over any other unit in this game. And then two, I think people just want payback against the Vikings after what the Vikings did to their money line parlays um, <laughs> last week, where they want revenge. They really want that vengeance. They want to see the Vikings go down. Uh, so that's where we're at at the moment. It's a strange game. Uh, these are two very average teams. And it's interesting because they're in very similar spots where if either loses, then they're almost done for the playoffs and they go out to that 10 to one range. And if they win, then they're a little bit shorter than two to one. So very similar spots for both teams. I'm excited for this game. I got the best of the number. Thank goodness. Cause last Thursday night football, I sure didn't with the total, but I'm having market agreement on this one played it at 45. We're looking at 43 and a half. I do like the under for a lot of the reasons that you kind of went through. And for my edge of the day, I'll talk about a prop that has my attention in this one. But before we let you go, you're an NBA guy. And that's where I want to finish up your time with us. I'm looking right now at the Bulls and Cavs. Cavs laying three. You guys at points that were really some of the market setters with this price, a lot of twos, two and a halves, and you guys hung the three in favor of the Cavaliers who, by the way, eight and zero against the number in their last eight games. Fantastic covering the spread. What's the reasoning for you guys being a little bit higher on the Cavs tonight? Well, Drew said don't let Newcastle United get hot. Don't let the Cleveland Cavaliers get hot because they're real. Uh, we're treating them as just a solid team. We're 25 games into the season now, and they're eighth in the league in net rating. Despite losing Colin Sexton, they're still getting wins. They're going to go well, well over their win total before the season, which was in the 26.5, 27.5 range. And they've just got awards candidates everywhere. Darius Garland, Jared Allen, most improved player candidates. Evan Mobley, favorite for Rookie of the Year and a very, very long shot for Defensive Player of the Year. And you can throw Jared Allen in that conversation too. And then JB Bickerstaff as well for Coach of the Year. They've just got a lot of things that are working in their favor. They're a very good passing team. The fact that Mobley is this good defensively just changes the whole landscape of that team. Jared Allen, all he does really is, is dunk and roll to the rim, and he's averaging 20 points a game the past month. Not sure, really sure how he's doing it, but there's just a lot of things that, uh, that are working in the Cavs' favor. And then on the other side, the Bulls are in. They haven't really gone on a losing streak, but they're in now a little bit of turmoil with their health situation, with this COVID outbreak, no DeRozan. No Kobe White, Alex Caruso. Vucevic just hasn't happened for him this year. So there's just a lot of Zach Levine at the moment, which is fine because Levine is a very efficient scorer. But they're a bit thin now. And the Cavs are just a, a solid team that, you know, we really expect we'll be pushing for a playoff spot until the end of the season. Yeah, if you look at the on-off of Mobley and 
Allen on the court together, it is like elite. That, it, and who would have thought that as we went into the start of the season that uh, you put those two guys on the floor together and they're unstoppable. But uh, yeah, and also I think you did mention the uh, the secret there. No Alex Caruso, no Bulls for me. Not not my not my team. Not on my card. No no thank you, uh, Alex Caruso. The star, the straw that stirs the drink for the Chicago Bulls. Drew, have you placed a bet on this game? Obviously, no, but I, 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 I didn't. But I'm I'm with uh, I'm with Jay here, and I it's uh, it's exciting and cool to see that you guys take a stand on a team like the Cavaliers and lead the market in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Jay joins us every single week here on Bet the Edge, gives us this peek behind the counter over at Points Bet Sportsbook. He's also on Twitter at CroucherJD, and tomorrow he joins myself, Drew Dinsick, and Warren Sharp on blitzing the board, breaking down all NFL Week 14 lines. That's on our YouTube channel tomorrow, 3 p.m., or on Peacock from Friday night up until kickoff on Sunday. Jay, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We're headed down the backstretch of the NFL season, and the NBC Sports Predictor app, powered by PointsBet, has you covered with Sunday Night 7. We're giving you a shot to win $1 million every Sunday night throughout the rest of the regular season. It's free and easy to play, so predict what will happen between the Bears and Packers for a chance to win. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor. If I was able to max bet all of your NBA plays, I might have a million dollars in my pocket as of lately, Drew. That's right. Pressure's on. You've had a really oh good week in the NBA, and let's keep it going. I'm curious to hear you kind of broke down some games top of the show in the NBA, but now let's get your best play available for tonight. Yeah, again, uh, a lot of the sides that popped for me and, and the numbers this week were the stinky dogs and this one is no different because the biggest rest advantage on the board belongs to the detroit pistons who have been a sad sack of a team this thus far this season relatively full strength uh, and i do expect that uh, spencer dinwiddie will go for washington in this contest which makes them closer to full strength as well however washington is at the tail end of a very very difficult stretch they are not playing good basketball right now got a very um fortunate final moments against the uh, pacers to make that margin a little bit narrower than that game would have told you on Monday. Uh, and now they turn around and they play a Detroit team that is fully rested, has a, uh, you know, the advantage of playing at home, obviously. Wizards heading in here, limping uh, in general, just, uh, you know, that even, even, having um, not been competitive against the Pacers last time out on Monday. They played their starters, including Beal, in, you know, down to uh, the wire. They were on the court with a minute 30 left to play, and they were running those guys trying to close that gap. Uh, so the fatigue and the uh, wear and tear of this portion of their road trip is all very real. Do the Wizards get a win? Probably. Uh, but uh, is five points too many? Yes. I played this at five and a half. Happy to see the market moving in my direction. Mm -hmm. I think fair price here is about minus four. Uh, so as long as you're getting uh, the five, I think you are in good shape backing the Pistons with me for my edge of the day. Yeah, the graphics we show on our YouTube channel, if you're joining us, obviously, live or after, visually, you could see the kind of live movement we've been taking or points that's been taking, rather, for the Pistons coming from five and a half down to five. I know just about an hour ago, uh, this was sitting at five and a half. So certainly recent market agreement, I'll tell you, on taking the, you said it, stinky underdog and the Detroit Pistons getting five and a half now, five points. 
Drew, I've gotten in this habit where on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I break down Thursday night football and I get my bets in early because that is the only way I can find value in this rather sharp market, obviously in prime time. And Jay helped us break down the Steelers and Vikings. I took the under 45 yesterday. And now I found a prop that's hit the board and should be hitting all of the books rather shortly. It's up at a lot of, a lot of spots. And I'm targeting Tyler Conklin for a few reasons. I'm looking at his receiving yards at sitting at 39 and a half. I'm taking the over. There's a few reasons. Uh, Adam Thielen is most likely not going to play. We know that. Obviously, keep an eye out if for some reason he practices today and looks good to go, but that is very much unlikely happening. When uh, Adam Thielen got hurt last week against the Lions, Conklin actually had a season high in targets, nine targets last week. And if you look kind of what he's done over this season, he's getting just around or averaging just around over 10 yards per reception, which obviously is good for looking over 39 and a half because he's going to have a high volume of targets without Adam Thielen available to play. We know the Steelers defense is legit. I think this is going to be a nice, consistent option for Kirk Cousins to go to. He's gone over this mark in 39 and a half rather receiving yards in over half the games this season. So if you look at the Steelers defense, which just in a league average up against tight ends, they're giving up around 50 receiving yards to tight ends this season. That's good enough for me. So no Adam Thielen, Tyler Conklin's a play. By the time Adam Thielen's announced out, this number will be so far gone. So I am in on Conklin going over 39 and a half receiving yards tomorrow in prime time versus the Steelers, Drew. That's a great look. Thielen does matter a ton. Conklin has come on strong this last half of the season. And uh, if you are going to attack the Steelers anyway, you are going to try to do it with your tight end. That is maybe the soft spot in that pass defense. So a uh, fantastic angle there. And uh, yeah, that 39 and a half is not going to be around tomorrow. No, definitely not. I've already seen a little bit of steam actually coming on KJ Osborne, which I'm sure now eventually is going to go to Tyler Conklin when they see a lot of money coming in on Justin Jefferson. Let's go with Conklin over and of course, rooting for the Pistons tonight. That's all we have for you on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet for today. For Drew Densick, I'm Sarah Perlman, all of us here with NBC Sports Edge. Thanks for being with us. Join us tomorrow, same place, same time, and best of luck with all your bets. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/slash Active Cash.